bunch of different movies here. The first one we will be talking about is Love Goals on Netflix. Came out on July 15th and we were able to be able to watch it and we are here with a review. So to give you like a brief summary of uh, this movie, we have the character Minu who is an amateur magician and he is unlucky to pretty much find love due to his inability to listen. And he's got some interesting family dynamics as well as he has a father who was, you know, once a famous soccer player with these big dreams to win the trophy for the local soccer tournament. And um, unfortunately in his prime was not able to get it, but his younger brother was actually able to take that trophy by forming a ragtag team. And then Minu um, kind of like joins into the rest of the piece. And, um, you know, he's this amateur magician, not really kind of fitting in with the rest of the family, but he falls in love with a local doctor and must win over her father in order to marry her. So we kind of get this, you know, interesting dynamic. Like I, I love that Minu is this magician. I think it kind of adds some comedic elements and you can kind of see like some interesting like family dynamics as well um, when you take in for the rest of the family. But the biggest pro ultimate problem is that like, you know, right from the beginning, it's hard to pretty much like follow along. They kind of drop you right into the movie and you're kind of having to kind of figure out. Um, it's also three hours long, about 168 minutes, I believe. So um, if you're not able to kind of figure things out as you're going along, like, can be pretty hard to keep uh keep up with everything that's going on lots of drama lots of family dynamics happening and what are you thinking about this movie okay so i have to tell you i started watching this movie and the, when the movie started i was like okay so this is a magician he just doesn't listen to the other person so he's got serious listening problems because he just he just decides stuff in his head and he doesn't listen to the other person so he has that issue. But the movie just oscillates between plots. So there's three hours, almost three hours of romance. Then there's sports drama. Then I thought that, you know, maybe it's a coming of age movie. Or maybe that's, you know, there's this comedy happening on the side with people. And I'm like, okay, the, the slapstick. I just couldn't figure out what the movie was about. The biggest problem with this entire movie is that it's so difficult to figure out what exactly the story was and what were they trying to say? I mean, because they named it Love Goals here in the US, but they called it Jadugar in India. Jadugar means magician. So I was like, okay, magician, maybe it's about the magic that he does uh, because it's, he, he's a magician. Um, maybe it's about his career, but then you call it love goals here in in uh, in America. So okay, is it a love story? But it's not a love story. Um, it's uh, for 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 most of the movie, the the story is about a guy who just doesn't think through things. Uh, or or then you know after a while, it's like, or is it about a magician who falls in love with his mentor's daughter? Or is it about him overcoming his own hatred for football? Or is uh, is it the choices he makes between football and magic? And I was like, WTF? What the hell? Well, and you know, <laughs> and just, like, what what was this writer smoking right. when he was writing so many subplots that you know a normal person just gets confused? And after a while, I was like, okay, let me just fast forward this because I want to go back to watching my Korean drama. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't deal with it after a while. Some of those plots on their own 
could work out pretty well. Like, you know, a romantic uh, movie about a guy who, like, doesn't listen, right? Like, there could definitely be some good character development that goes into that. Like, you see this guy who's just messing up a lot of his relationships and, you know, kind of meets this woman. He has to impress this father. And just, like, through that journey can kind of, like, overcome that problem. That would be a great plot. Or the family dynamic of how you have two soccer players and the other son does not like soccer at all and goes into becoming a magician, like that in its own kind of has some substance to become something pretty good as well. But as you said, this movie did not really pick on any of these. I mean, like the, the title itself, Love Goals, is combining both a rom- like the romantic part and the soccer part with the word goal in the title. But then you have the one the title the Indian titles uh, you know kind of making it seem that it's just all about him being a magician so not really being able to stick to like one of these is ultimately what makes this movie so confusing it's also really long too and so you're just kind of being pulled in all these different directions as if you have rope tied to each limb just like being pulled in a different direction as the film is taking uh, many different plot points so like you know could it have been decent i i think so like there were some substance to these different like plot points and i think you know if they really just stuck with one it probably could have been a lot better than what we saw what do you think i absolutely agree you know i had high hopes from the the movie because of this one actor jitendra kumar because i'd seen his other shows and he's a phenomenal actor he's he's not somebody that you know uh, came from a lineage of actors. He's a trained actor. He's just phenomenal in his other shows. So I was literally, I was seriously expecting a lot from him. Um, and not only from him, but from a movie that is associated with him. But, oh my God, just my heart just broke. So uh, watch it, don't watch it, stream it, skip it, skip it. Oh gosh, you you will not be able to handle it. Watch it out. Uh, of course, my speed. other other favorite actor, Javed Jaffrey, is in the in, in the movie as well. And what a waste of talent! Agreed. Hi, this is Sohali Khan, and you're watching us on Daisies Live. And we are going to jump right back into another review for you and this time we are reviewing Rajkumar Rao's new movie that just hit the theaters it is called Hit the First Case and you know we went and watched the show in another empty theater which was really sad um it was sad not only because the theater was empty it was sad also because um Rajkumar Rao is such an amazing performer um, but before we tell you how the movie was, I wanted Michael to tell you the top down. Michael, what do you feel about the movie? Yeah, you know, it is quite sad that the theaters were empty, especially considering, you know, this movie was quite a bit better than the one we just previously reviewed, which is Love Goals. But with that said, Hit the First Case is a Hindi remake of the Telugu film of the same name by the same director. So getting the same kind of quality just um, as a Hindi remake. And we are following the story of Vikram, who was an officer at the Homicide Intervention Team, hit for short, in Rajasthan, with an extremely traumatic past. The past trauma takes a toll on his health and really ultimately affects his work. Um, you know, despite his doctor and girlfriend Neha's plead, Vikram doesn't want to quit the job and decides to take a three-month holiday instead. Very common story we see within these. Um, I'm 
immediately thinking of a lot of the different kind of like Westerns that we've seen, a lot of these cop shows, very common timeline. You have someone who just does not want to leave the job um, who's in there. And so when Vikram goes away, a girl named Preeti goes missing and the case goes to the hit team. And Neha, who finds a clue in her case, also goes missing. So Vikram now has to end his holiday abruptly and return to work on the case, almost as if this is a Hindi diehard kind of film, which I really liked as we were going in. And so every person, including him, is a suspect with a motive. The movie is the movie is like a, you know, very kind of like one of these like mystery, like who did it kind of cases, which adds layer to layer and layer. And you're trying to figure out who the culprit may be. Um, it is definitely one that keeps you on your seat. It's definitely one that makes you kind of rethink as you're going um, throughout the entire movie. And like I said, we've seen this kind of a plot before, but I really enjoyed how they were doing it. Um, really takes their time with letting things develop. And we're very excited to kind of dive into this. But first... We, I had really high hopes, I have to tell you, Michael, because uh, I absolutely love Rajkumar Rao's work. I love his work because of the intensity that he brings to his role. And he absolutely bought that intensity. You know, we just watched Terminal and the kind of intensity that um, Terminal bought um, to a PTSD survivor's um, role. Uh, th that's the same kind of intensity that yeah. we see here. Rajkumar Rao bring to uh, that the entire focus uh, uh, that he brings to his uh, to, to his character Vikram uh, of a PTSD survival, the triggers um, while at work and how it affects his mental health. So um, kudos to him. However. What I believe is, since the director is the same, what the guy's really done, he's picked a, his Telugu movie frame by frame, and he's literally translated it into Hindi. And the Hindi movie plays frame by frame of what the Telugu movie is. And what happens with that is the Telugu audience is a very different audience from the Hindi audience. And that just doesn't work for the movie. I'll tell you why, because he seems in no rush to take the audience to its hook. Now, the Telugu audience is a far more sober, patient audience than the Hindi audience. The Hindi audience wants everything happening right now. They're far more aggressive. And that just doesn't work. Because um, you're sitting here patiently. Imagine you're a thriller. You and I both love watching thrillers, right? You're sitting there. You know, something's going to hit because you, yep. you hate to watch a thriller and you know what's going to happen because you read the synopsis and you're waiting for the hook to happen and you start losing your patience. And now the hook happens way late. And then in your head, you start figuring the rest of the story out and the yep. story plays out very predictably. Very, very, very predictably. You lose it. Yep. So honestly, that's exactly what happened. If the director thought he was doing this to create a franchise and that he has a lot of time to tell his narrative um, for the audience, that entire delay was frustrating and agonizing. Um, he touches upon a lot of topics in a very short time. He very cliched plot narratives like, you know, safety of women, societal gaze, judgment of choice of clothes. To hell with you. Focus on one. And give me, give us something that's unpredictable because 
every damn plot, subplot, every damn trigger, every damn graph, every damn scene, we predicted it. Uh, there's so much safety in the remake uh, in following the OG that, um, the, the, you know, it was just, just not so much fun. You know, I think we do need to give some props, though, to Rajkumar Rao for his portrayal of Vikram. You know, there were a lot of scenes where they kind of gave, like, these PTSD moments, and there were a lot of times where Vikram just had, like, was battling a lot of different emotions, such as anger, fear, pain, and loss, and I think that the actor was able to do it very, very well. You know, as you were, you were talking about the terminal list and how that was portraying, like, PTSD for, like, some of these vets and stuff, and, you know, I really think that some of these little, you know, uh, some of these little portraits that Rajkumar is able to kind of paint of like what it's like to be experiencing these intense, intense emotions. I think he did very, very well. I think there were definitely some scenes where, you know, you were just kind of watching a very, very intense, you know, moment. You're watching someone battle his demons and I think he did it pretty well. Um, you know, if anything, I thought that that performance was great. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, Rajkumar Rao was the only redeeming factor in this entire movie. I don't know what Sonia Malhotra was doing here at all. I mean, she didn't have anything to do in the movie. Absolutely no role to play. Um, very limited space to perform, very limited screen time. Um, I, I was kind of frustrated with this movie in the first place. If it had not been for Rajkumar Rao's very, very amazing performance, I wouldn't have, uh, we wouldn't have even rated the movie, honestly. So um, that's. Our Just have reviewed a couple of films now, you know, some not so good, some a bit better. Definitely room for improvement, but we're definitely going to be talking about a hot take here. This is a highly anticipated movie. Um, a lot of people were expecting this to hit theaters, and we covered it quite a bit. Um, well, we do have a hot take on this movie. We are covering uh, Shabash Mithu, uh, starring uh, Topsy Top Panu, and we would love to, you know, kind of give you our take on this. So, M, how about you start us with the 30,000 feet? Give us a summary on what this film is. Well, this film is a biopic of Mithali Durai Raj, who's the captain of the Indian women's cricket team, um, who, who's had a brilliant, spectacular career for herself, but was also responsible for raising the bar for Indian, Indian women cricket. And uh, this biopic, headlined by Tapsi Panu, um, was actually helmed by Sridip Mukherjee. And it shows us a journey of Mithali from her childhood through her struggles. Um, I was expecting a lot from this movie, not only because uh, of Sridhar Mukherjee's direction, but also Tapsi being in the movie, because Tapsi, known to have done such athletic roles, she has worked very hard to be the cricketer in this movie, to actually become a cricketer from an actor. And um, although Tapsi puts in her blood, sweat, tears into the role and you see her really become Mithali, um, pick up each and every aspect of Mithali's form and character and body, uh, body uh, to, to, to really portray her, her career journey and her life. Uh, I was very sad to see 
the movie fail in so many ways. Um, and let me tell you how. Um, the story depends a lot on telling Mithali's uh, story of grit and, you know, how she overcomes the obstacles in her way. And then, you know, how she she's the, she overcomes the opposition that her grandmother and brother have to a career and how her parents support her through the journey and how her coach actually mentors her uh, through that entire process. Um, but the problem in the movie is that it's so predictable, the story of a sports person and the obstacles that they face and and, and you know, putting their entire life up for grabs has been done so often that you're almost expecting her to come through in every aspect. Um, so, so the telling of the story becomes really predictable and drab and boring at some point in time. So the way the biopic is done, um, the way the story is told, and the screenplay really fails Mithali Raj. Uh, Mithali Raj is a very honored and she deserves much better. That's what I would like to say. And the screenplay is unable to build any surprises for her audiences. The film is unable to keep its consistency. Um, there, there's so many cliched scenes that we've seen in other sport biopics that it just made me cry. She deserved so much better. This woman deserved, this woman who actually created a name for Indian women cricket in a country where women are not even looked at seriously. She fought for women cricket. She she made sure women cricket is looked at respectfully. When when it, women uh, when Indian men men's cricket was suffering, Indian women cricket was was winning because of her. She brought it to the forefront. She's that woman. And then somebody does a biopic and they are not able to tell her story properly. That is criminal. And I was really, really disappointed to see that. So um, I I actually, I, I really am saying this with a hole in my heart, really. I was really sad to see this biopic. It was highly anticipated to see something like this be done well. Unfortunately, it was not. It, you know, did feel fairly long and just kind of stale in some areas. And um, you know, as you were saying, um, was not telling the story. Was not really kind of portraying. I would even say like the true, the true significance, the true impact of her story and how it kind of changed everything forever. I think, you know, what you said and even more. And uh, we were talking about how we were brokenhearted with this uh, movie and its depiction of one of the greatest names in Indian women cricket, Mithali Raj, and the fact that uh, the movie just didn't make the cut for us, even though Mithali's Mithali's illustrious career doesn't need a movie, but when you do a biopic and the biopic doesn't meet the standards that it deserves, 
it really, really leaves you with a really heavy heart. And Michael, um, you had something to say to me while we were on a break. You were saying something. Yeah, you know, this, you see this a lot in sport movies where there's this big ramp up towards like a final game, right? There's this big ramp up towards a final game and ultimately the protagonists end up losing, but they gain something out of it. Like they gain teamwork or they gain empathy. They gain, you know, a lot of things. Like you can even see it somewhat when you watch like, um, you know, like some of the like American baseball movies, you know, like Moneyball is a really good example of that. But like, I think this movie was really missing the point of, of its significance, of it being like a biopic I don't really think that's kind of the ending it should have been going for. At the same time, too, I don't think the director of this movie was quite thinking about the audience while he was making this, because there's a lot of moments where, like, it's actually a lot more impactful, like, as an audience member, to be thinking and processing things as the movie is going along. But when it's just kind of given to you or cut short or not, you know, gone into in a deep manner, manner at all, you're kind of just left with nothing to process and just being a little bored. And then it'll transition into these, you know, stale and flaccid scenes that um, we were talking about earlier. And you're just kind of sitting here like, you know, like, come on, when's, when's the climax? When's, when's the good stuff coming? And so I, I can tell you, like, as an audience member, this was a hard movie to watch just because, like, one, it was not giving, it was not delivering what we were hoping to see which was a true biopic um of you know kind of the rise of women's cricket at this time um and the story of um the player was supposed to be telling but also too just that you know you're just kind of being dragged along with it as well there's nothing there's nothing really like keeping you engaged there's nothing really keeping you from like learning like a lot of times when there's either like emotional scenes or like these fallout scenes between people, like there's a lot to like, you know, analyze and digest. And I know like me as an audience member, I really love um, being able to do that, but I was not really able to do it here. I was just kind of, you know, watching as everything was being, um, almost I felt like mouth fed to me, um, spoon fed. So, you know, if, if you were to watch this movie, it should be um, for, it should be for her, it should be for, um, it should be for the story of um, of the player, but really, like, it doesn't really do any justice of Mithali's uh, career. Um, doesn't really do her justice for her impact in the in the industry as well. Um, you know, a lot of women's cricket players can definitely attribute what everything today is is of her, and I really think that this, that's kind of the angle this film should have gone at. M, any closing thoughts? Well, you know, you really don't have to take her story from the day she's born to the day she, you know, became great. You could actually have just taken one aspect of a story and created, you know, create something out of it. Because what she, he, the director's really gone and literally crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's for the audience, which makes the audience feel dumb. And... We are going to talk about another movie, and this movie just released in theaters, and it's called, it is called The Gray Man.
And why are we so excited about this movie? Is because we have so many favorite actors in this movie. We got Ryan Gosling, we got Chris Evans, we got Anna Diarmas, we got Billy Bob Thornton, and also we got Dhanush. So with all those actors, Michael and I have already watched the movie in theaters long back. So we're gonna tell you about it. We're gonna tell you how we enjoyed it. And Michael, what do you feel about it? Look, when I hear that Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans are starring in a movie together, I already get excited, right? Like this had an amazing cast. It was also directed by the Russo brothers, which is another positive check, check mark. Like you're expecting some great things. You watch the trailer and you're like, holy shit, like this is going to be pretty good. I'm so excited for it to come out. And I can tell you that this movie certainly lived up to the hype. So, you know, to kind of give you a brief overview, we're, we're given the gift of watching Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, and Ana de Armas Club, and a fury and pricey thriller that even has, um, as M would like to call it, wet wear beneath and muscle kebab. This is our, we are meeting our hunk hot list criteria here, and I will give her the floor to talk about that later. But with that said, we see Gosling like in the modern day, he is transformed into a slick killing machine known only as Sierra Six. And he's a tired shell, only suitable for transmitting, you know, the, the pretty much he's the person that you don't want to get on the wrong side of. Like he got on the wrong side of the feds and that's who he is. But he has a conscience and he refuses um, to work for his manipulating boss after he refuses to um, endanger a child. So things are getting good. We see a guy who's there morally but also is capable of just destroying an entire army but then you know moving on Gosling comes into conflict with Chris Evans who is a deranged mercenary as they're both sent to retrieve a vital USB drive and so with that um, you know the gray man is really showing you this you know it's kind of like this new age spy movie um, that we really like you know I'm watching this and I'm thinking like almost mission impossible kind of but Lots of action, lots of hunk. I'm going to give it to M for the preview just a little bit on that. Okay, 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 guys. Firstly, firstly, and foremostly, I am a goosling because I love Gosling. <laughs> Bad joke. But, okay, so I went for Ryan Gosling. I'm a huge Ryan Gosling. I'll do anything for Gosling. I mean, God has, like, wallpapers all over the place. I go for Gosling, and then I see Gosling, gosh, and I don't need to see anything else after that, you see, so he, there's this opening scene in which, um, you know, he's in prison, and this is two decades ago, and then he's gagging at Billy Bond uh, uh, Thornton, and Billy Bond Thornton is supposed to be a CI spook, and he said, we get it, you're glib. Um, Taunton says, then Gosling looks at him with those eyes. And, oh, gosh, that was it. That was dead right there. So we That's how you sell a film, Hollywood. That's how you sell the film. Totally, those eyes. <laughs> That's how you sell that. So, by the way, Gosling's name here is Sierra Six. So he's like, why are you six? He's like, because seven was taken. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yes, seven was taken. But hell, 
they are trying to retrieve a USB drive in 2022. Which spy thriller is going after? <laughs> it's two grown-up men fighting and trying to retrieve a USB drive. A USB drive. My head exploded. Our tech heads really exploded. They're still fighting over a bloody thumb drive in 2022 in a spy thriller. But the Russo brothers probably haven't really stepped into our metaverse. But hey. They're not fighting over a coin wallet yet. They're, they're not, not fighting, fighting over a coin wallet yet. It's <laughs> still going after that USB drive. Yeah. But, but yeah, they, they're still making movies about crooks who have who do anything they'll kill but they will not go rogue because they won't kill a kid they still have a conscience and i love you know there's nothing more attractive than gosling with a conscience so yeah on paper grayman has all the elements of a cliched spy genre it has all the components it's like like they put six movies in one. Russo brothers know exactly what they're doing. There is like, there's this thumb drive thing. There is an abducted niece. There are bureaucrats who are real criminals. There are wet squads stomping across Israel and body shields. There are action scenes slicing to analysts flustered in like walls of data and videos. You know, we imagine all these things. There are tense phone calls and multi-story skyscrapers. There are rooftop helipads, protected lines. There are like guys making bullets fall out of guns before the other guy can shoot them. And there's sexy women. Oh, High heels. Don't forget stilettos. And then they are know what they're making. What kind of movie they're making? The quippy banter while they're shooting each other their intense action sequences super 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 stylized and just a ton of fun so this is what Greyman is all about it is just a trout a lot of cliched plots a lot of you know it's it's like Extraction and 007 and Mission Impossible and all the thrillers mixed together in one movie. It could be all those 20 movies all together come together in The Gray Man. And, and you know, usually we're not a fan of cliche. Like a lot of times when we're reviewing cliche or like a, not a, a fan at all of cliche, we call it out. But here yes. it is cool. You it know was why? very good. Because he wears, he, Gosling wears scarlet and he, you know, he looks warm. And, you know, he's, he, when Gosling can wear a scarlet suit and walk around and, you know. When the men in the theater are there to the watch Gosling as well. You know, like, when the men are there to also watch Gosling, that's how you know, they're, that's how you know he's doing something right. But that's how you know the Russo brothers know how to costume this guy up he burns the screen not only does he <laughs> burn the screen so the, the the kinetic the the camera work the kinetic camera work is just brilliant uh, okay we were talking about john Wick last time when we're talking about kuda half yep. this might give john Wick a run for his money yeah let's just yep. put it that way and, and then, of course, Evans. Gosling and Evans together just fire chemistry. Right. A combination course, I don't think has been seen in Hollywood either. 
like when you first see that you're like i haven't seen these two in a movie before i haven't seen them in a similar movie before but man were they great they were a great combustible this is the only thing this was missing was ryan reynolds that's the only thing oh my god that would have that would have completely burnt (laughs) because you know i'm a ryan reynolds fan i do anything for ryan reynolds and just turn up turn up to the yeah Turn him to the next planet for Ryan Reynolds. If he goes to another planet, I'll follow Ryan Reynolds. Either. Here's the next movie pitch. Here's the next movie pitch. We have Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Ryan Reynolds, all villains fighting over the same tech, but they joined George, Clo- George Clooney. Yeah, <laughs> George Clooney's the bad guy. That's all we'll say. He's the he's the villain, right? And then, but these three have to come together because if they don't, George Clooney will end the world or something. And these three save the world. I think that's the next movie pitch. It's I like right your here. script approved. Let's get it made. It's original <laughs> Daisy Live, uh, original Red, White, and Brown. You saw it here first. Um, so. And and it's it's copyrighted. Don't 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 steal a script. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Okay, but I have to tell you guys, then there is a, this very special cameo by the Indian guest star, Dhanush, and um, evidently, of course, for the sake of Indian eyeballs, but there, this, the, this action during the one, the quick, quick, quippy party, and, you know, the conviction with which those action sequences are done are just phenomenal. I loved it. So, uh, Gosling Sierra 6, Six's real name is actually Cotland Gentry. <laughs> so he's got he's a really cool names, dude. Yeah. I love his cool names. Yeah. And and literally really cool action hero names. And Evans, uh, oh my god, he really hams it up for the most. But he his wardrobe is like. Um, stylishly woven polo shirts. He's like, yeah. like James Bond's extremely neurotic little cousin. <laughs> so he literally. You want to know that. what's really funny about this movie is when you look up the gray man on Google, the first person that comes up is not Gosling. It's not um, Chris Evans. It's not even the Russo brothers. It's, it's Danish. Not- yes. And, and you know why? Why is that? Because Google doesn't base its hits on who's more relevant. It bases its hits on who gets hit most. Yep. So Spanish getting hit most because there are more people living in India than in America and elsewhere. So obviously (laughs) Danish is coming in at first is because to Grayman, Danish is more relevant because there are more hits coming on Danish for Grayman out of India. Well, this movie deserves all the hits in the world it does we, we thoroughly enjoyed it thoroughly 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 enjoyed it and uh, of course um uh, we have to mention that um uh, there is anna diarmas here as well of course yes. a character oh yes. my god so so i have to tell you something one thing that stood out here is that every other character had a backstory but this woman didn't have a backstory um, she had the obligatory heels. She had a lot of badass asses nests to her. She had, she had the crabbit when people yelled at her, but there was absolutely no backstory. Like, a little bit that would have been nice. For, for example, uh, Gosling's character had a back, backstory. Evan's character had a backstory. Like even Harvard, for example. Her character, the script doesn't give her a backstory at all. And I was like, well, what happened here? 
Um, of course, there are, you know, very spyish way. There is, you know, many international stopovers that lead to violence and, you know, many people dead. But there's a difference here. There, after many people dead, there's, of course, a hospital scene. So thank you for that. There's an aftermath of the, of the killings, finally. Not like James Bond, you know, kill and just move on to the to the next exotic spot. exotic spot, get a massage and a, and a new girlfriend. That didn't happen yeah. here, but yeah, they did show a hospital scene. Yeah, slightly more humane, uh, I guess. Um, so, um, I, I guess, um, uh, Grayman, I think I loved it. I absolutely loved, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more, more for the. It's it's an out and out Hollywood thriller spy espionage movie where the momentum of the movie gets you and it's fun it's, it's a, it was fun. a fun you want to you want to keep watch. watching even though you know it's stupid yeah <laughs> like it's hard for a movie to come off as really fun the last movie i said was really fun was uh minions rise of Gru, which i gave an exclusive review last week and yes. this was a completely different movie completely different tone had completely but it was great it was fun and like i highly recommend you to watch this stream it as many times as you can on netflix maybe with enough traction and we need your help with this we can get ryan gosling on the next red white and brown we can get him to tell us his inside scoop straight from the man's mouth and absolutely Hi, I'm Sonali Bindri and you're watching me on Desi's Dot Life.